Welcome to the Authority of Love. My name is Greg Williams, and I thank you again for joining me on the broadcast, or you may be listening on podcast. Now, I mentioned at the close of yesterday's program, we're going to have some uh, a couple of stories that I think will help us grow in our hope and our faith in the one who never changes and strengthening us and allowing us to persevere and grow our faith, our hope, and our love. That's the theme this week, and so I hope that you're catching that and you're finding it in Christ and His Holy Spirit and His Word. Again, you can listen anytime at WJMM.com if you're not listening right now on WJMM 99.1 FM here in Central Kentucky. You can go to the website, WJMM.com, and listen anytime. Click on the podcast tab near the upper right. Then click on the Love and Lordship links and you'll find more. Again, my good friend Greg Horn is on Hope is Here on those links. And another good friend, Bill Reeser, is on Encounter. And there are several other good ones. So I hope you'll avail yourself of that. You can also go to loveandlordship.com, www.loveandlordship.com, and find all kinds of articles and videos and podcasts to hope to bless you and you can share it to bless others. Today, as I again shared at the close of yesterday's program, I'm going to share two stories that carry strong morals that we should follow, not just in the temporal world, but in line with the scripture and the spiritual part of our lives as well. Today's themes Today's theme is alert and focused. This first story reiterates a profound command found in Scripture in 1 Peter 5, 8. Be alert and self-controlled, for your enemy, the devil, roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. What's he trying to do? Rob us of our joy. Steal our peace, our hope, the, the, the joy, and our faith and love. That's what he's trying to do. So with this as our focus, listen to this. Will you marry me? That's the title of this first story. Centuries ago in a small Italian town, there was a business owner who was in a great amount of debt. His banker, who was an old, unattractive man, strongly desired the business owner's younger, beautiful daughter. The banker decided to offer the businessman a deal to forgive the debt that he owed the bank completely. However, there was a, a bit of a catch. You know what's coming, right? In order for the businessman to become debt-free, he was to have his daughter marry the banker. The businessman didn't want to concede to this agreement, but he had no other choice as his debt was so extreme. The banker said he would put two small stones into a bag, one of which was white and the other black. The daughter would then need to reach into the bag and blindly choose a stone. If she chose the black stone, the businessman's debt would be cleared and the daughter would have to marry the banker. However, if she chose the white stone, the debt would be cleared and the daughter would not have to marry him. Black stone, debt cleared and marry. White stone, the debt was cleared and she's free of that marriage. While standing in the stone-filled path in the businessman's yard, the banker reached down and chose two small stones, not realizing that the businessman's daughter was watching him. She noticed that he picked up two black stones and put them in the bag. When it came time for the daughter to pick a stone out of the bag, she felt she had three choices. Number one, she could refuse to do it. Number two, she could take out both stones and expose the banker's cheating. Or number three, she could pick a stone, knowing it would be black, sacrifice herself to get her father out of debt. 
She picked a stone from the bag and immediately accidentally dropped it into the abundance of stones that were all around them. She said to the banker, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so clumsy. Oh, well, just look into the bag to see what color stone the other one is and we'll know what color stone I picked. Of course, the remaining stone was black because the banker didn't want to his deceit to be exposed, he played along acting as if the stone that the business daughters dropped had been white. He cleared the businessman's debt and the daughter remained free from having to spend the rest of her life with the banker. Immoral banker. The moral, while you may have to think outside the box sometimes, it always, it's always possible to conquer a difficult situation. You don't have to always give in to the options you're presented with. Challenge the status quo. Think creatively and spiritually. Engage in productive nonconformity when possible. Don't be afraid to question the things that are expected to be true. In order to overcome challenges, you have to think in ways that you've never thought before, but always align them with God's truth. Remember, we do not fight, fight just against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces in this dark world and in the heavenly realms. And we would do well in this new year, now that we're three weeks in, to stay alert. Because often people are used to accomplish Satan's goal of destroying or hurting us and others. Stay in the word and stay sharp. Our second story is anchored in Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, do it with all your heart as unto the Lord and not just for men. It is entitled, wait, what? A carpenter who was nearing retirement told his boss that he was ready to end his career and spend his time with his wife and family. He would miss his work, but he felt it was time to spend his time with the people who were important to him. His boss was saddened by the news and this carpenter had been good, reliable employee for many years. He asked the carpenter if he could do him a favor and build just one more house. Uh, the carpenter reluctantly conceded, even though his passion for building had faded. While he was building this last house, his normal work ethic faded and his efforts were mediocre at best. He used inexpensive and inferior materials and cut corners wherever he could. It was a poor way to finish such a dedicated career that he once had. When the carpenter was finished, his boss came to look at the house. He gave the key to the carpenter and said, This house is my gift to you for all of the hard work you have done for me over the years. The carpenter was astonished. What a generous gift this was to receive from his boss. But if he had known he was building his own house, a gift from his boss, he would have made his usual efforts to create a high-quality home. The moral, that same idea applies to your life and mine and how we build it. Every day that you wake up offers an opportunity for you to put your best foot forward, yet we often do mediocre work, saving the more important things for another day. Then one day we find ourselves shocked that our lives aren't what we had hoped they would be. The house we built to live in has a lot of flaws due to a lack of effort. However, you can't go back and rebuild it in a day or two. As many people say, life is a do-it-yourself project, but from God's word, 
Life is a do it in and for me project. Your attitude and choices help build the life you will live tomorrow and for eternity. So build carefully as unto the Lord and not unto men and with eternity in mind, all things for his kingdom and glory. Let me give you some food for thought as I always do as we wrap up. There are three questions that I want to ask you. Have you ever been tripped up while not paying attention literally and figuratively, spiritually even? What did you learn from that? That's the second question. What did you learn? And number three, maybe the most important, what are you building and living your life for and how does it show? You see, so take the two morals together. The first moral is we've got to stay alert and focused and think outside the box sometimes and always be constantly aware the enemy is trying to trip us up. The second one right in line with that is whatever you're doing, go and align it with God and his spirit and his word and do it with excellence. As a matter of fact, sacrifice your life back to him, Romans 12, 1 and 2, so that he can work through you. Don't conform to the world, but be transformed by renewing your life that you may be able to prove what his good and pleasing will is, that the life you build, that everything you build is actually him building it through you as you give yourself back to him. Do it with all your heart, as Colossians 3.23, as I said earlier, all your heart as unto the Lord and not unto men. Even the things that you think won't matter, 1 Corinthians 10.31 says this, Whatever you do, do it whether you eat or drink, mundane, day-to-day things, do it as unto the Lord for his kingdom and glory. Whatever you do, do it for his kingdom and his glory. Now, as always, I've got some action items, and we've been focusing on five here, one in particular, and then building on those based upon the day's message. Number one, Read God's word every day and ask the Holy Spirit to teach you. Spend time in prayer and listening and meditating. I promise you he'll do that. You have to just maintain the discipline to do your part. Number two, think of an issue or example in your own life where you need to be more alert to what's going on around you physically and spiritually. Be alert and self-controlled, Peter said, because our enemy is out there to destroy us. Number three, find a way or ways to discipline yourself to stay more alert. That's what it takes. You have the Holy Spirit in you, but you have to continually and continuously choose the Spirit over the flesh. It's the only way we develop this. Number four, think of an issue or example in your life where you need to be more focused on doing it with all your heart as for God, for His glory, and not for yourself. You never know what He has in store. Think on that issue, or maybe more than one. Number five, then take the steps in that area or those areas to discipline yourself to do all things with excellence and for his glory. That's your action steps for today. Allow me to close with this great title, this poem entitled, Recipe for a Happy New Year. Take 12 whole months, clean them thoroughly of all bitterness, hate, and jealousy. Make them just as fresh and clean as possible. Now cut each month into 28, 30, or 31 different parts, but don't make up the whole batch at once. Prepare it one day at a time out of these ingredients. 
Mix well into each day one part of faith, one part of patience, one part of courage, and one part of work. Add to each day one part of hope, faithfulness, generosity, and kindness. Blend with one part prayer, one part meditation, and one good deed. Season the whole with a dash of good spirits, a sprinkle of fun, a pinch of play, and a cup full of good humor. Pour all of this into a vessel of love. That's you. Cook thoroughly over radiant joy, garnish with a smile, and serve with quietness, unselfishness, and cheerfulness. You're bound to have a joyous and blessed new year. Thanks for joining us. Invite us tomorrow as we close out the week. Invite your friends, family, loved ones, and enemies to join us. Thanks for your prayers. Thanks always to the Lord. Make it a great day, and God bless in Christ. Now stay tuned for Bill Reeser and Encounter. As always, I'm Greg Williams, and you're listening to The Authority of Love.